Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's the tax man. He may not be a superhero, but Tony Morrow has saved many retirement plans with his extreme knowledge of tax planning strategies. It's time for Plan with the Tax Man. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the podcast. It's Plan with the Tax Man time with Tony Morrow and myself here to talk about a 10-point checklist for retirement preparedness. Uh, kind of a 2023 edition, if you will. So going to get started. Another year is upon us, so it's a great time to ask ourselves these questions and assess how ready we are as we are rolling into the new year. We're about halfway through the month already, which is crazy fast. And so we're going to bring Tony in and uh, get this thing started. Tony, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Just off the holidays, as everybody is, and trying to get back into the swing of things. And you know, it's going to be tax season before we know it as we as we record this. Right. Yeah, exactly. I know we're already halfway through the month, as I said. It's like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it goes So quick. you and I were just chatting that the holiday break did not seem like it was that long of a break. It was it was just quick. So uh, lots of things going on. And, and I guess it's just our fast-paced world, I guess. Yeah, where it really is. Next thing you know, there's something, something new is going on. But we got 10 on here, Tony. So let's go ahead and start diving in and check, see if we can get these checked off so we don't go too, too long with this podcast sure. and, and talk about some of these. Most of these are pretty major um, indicators that, that you need to have on your you know, strategy or plan. And I think that's going to be the overarching theme is, you know, having a plan is going to help you get prepared for these things that are coming fast and furious. Like number one, do you know exactly how much income you need uh, every month in retirement? And I think there's two ways of looking at this for, for things, Tony. People tend to, when they're coming to see a financial professional like yourself, if they're really anxious to get to retirement sooner than later, they may be lowball this number because they want to make sure that the they want to make the math work so that you'll say good things, right? Yeah, you guys right. can retire, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and when you do that, you really hurt yourself in case you're not being accurate, or you truly just look at the big ticket items, mm-hmm. uh, mortgage, cars, utilities, and you don't truly realize how much you. We're so this is a nickel and dime world. We spend. We all spend money a lot more than we realize. So do you know how much income you're going to have? Probably not. You're probably wrong. What do you think? You, yeah, in general, it is. And the whole reason that I even kind of wanted to talk about this topic this month is, you know, starting the new year, I'm getting a lot of, of course, and I always do, especially tax clients, uh-huh. whether they're close to retirement or not, start asking some of these questions. Then when you get in your 50s, you really start asking this. But yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that most tend to focus on the nest egg and not how much that nest egg may or may not throw off every month. And then they have no idea what their bills really are every month. Mm-hmm. And that's lack of, you know, really just trying to, you know, paying attention as to, like you said, all the little nickel and dime stuff we all spend money on right throughout the month. If you don't really have a good idea and they're tracking that, you probably should start because I generally like to start with people as to how this question, how much are you going to need a month rather than, well, you have 500,000 or 700,000, yeah. you know, to, to make this work. We, we got to start at the end and then kind of work backwards to see if the numbers, you know, support that. And, uh, I and think this, that's this a, most that's planners a good are going to do this. You know, and it's, it's, I was just having this chat the other day with somebody that I, it's an interesting point back in, let's say the fifties, uh, or even the early sixties, you know, when, when most people had a pension, right. Right. The number wasn't, 
you they weren't focused on uh, a total no. asset number, right? It was about the income because you had yeah. a pension, you had Social Security. And so if you mm-hmm. had a modest savings, and somewhere along the way, probably the 80s, we started shifting gears from how much income it is to how much is our nest egg worth. Yeah, and I think a lot of that's because a lot of these pensions have gone by the wayside. Yeah, for sure. Because and, they're just, and they're just greed, I think. You know, this, yeah. well, everybody wants to say now, well, I'm a millionaire. and Because it, exactly. it sounds awesome, and I agree. And it doesn't take as much as we thought it used to to be a millionaire. As a matter of fact, we're going to have fun on our next podcast about how which states a million dollars will go the farthest in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check out that one as we come out. But I think that's kind of what happens, right? And we and we singularly focus on something, um, a, this big ticket number versus what do we need to just make this thing work so we can be happy in retirement? Yeah. And I, I think when sometimes when you sit people down and we say, okay, your nest egg is X, let's sit down and go through this. And they're just floored about, well, wow, that, that money is, if I want to plan to leave some or all of it to somebody else, right? or if I'm even spending the principal, I, then I'm, I, it's a crapshoot of when I'm going to die. And hopefully I have enough left. So a lot of variables in that. Uh-huh. But, Yep. You got to ask the question right off the bat. Yeah, you got to focus that income down and you got to get the number right by going through that process because again, most of us tend to to lowball that figure and then that can bite us in the in the tush later on in retirement. All right, mm-hmm. number 2. Uh so you've got the collection of stuff, you've got the accounts, which one do you pull from first and how much, right? So much, that's yeah. number 2 on the checklist. Yeah, and this makes a big difference tax-wise because most of us have you know, taxable accounts. And then most of us have, if you've got 401ks and then you've even got Ross and things like that is, you know, the tax man is there with their hand out saying, give me some tax. And you've got to decide and plan what's the most efficient way to take this out without increasing the tax bill. Uh, Because again, that cuts into the money that's available for you to go out and have fun with. Right. And uh, I think a lot of people don't give this much thought. They just say, well, I'll take out of my taxable one first and save the other for later. And then here come the RMDs when you get a little older and all kinds of things that could hit you if, you, if you're not at least talking about uh, deciding, you know, which is the best and, and the least um, tax invasive, I should say. Yeah, for sure. And, and so it is important to figure out which accounts to pull from and when and where, because it's going to affect that. These first three really do play all in together. Really, they all yeah. play together. But n- number three is Social Security. When do you take it? Well, that's going to maybe depend on how much income you need and which accounts you have and where you're pulling from, right? It all <laughs> plays right. together because maybe it makes sense to delay Social Security and, and tap into your own buckets, or maybe it makes more sense to take Social Security and delay your buckets, right? Everybody's, it does. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. And you know what? I got to I gotta say to people who listen to the podcast, but I say, you know what? He never really gives me any straight answers. He always just gives me a lot of, <laughs> a lot of options. But it, it's hard to give a straight answer because this, like the other ones, is the same thing. I, I do a whole webinar uh, on this, taking Social Security, and it's about an hour long that I, I tend to get people on to really go in depth with this because there is some technical things to this. But in, in the big picture, you know, if – You've got money coming in from other sources are still working. It may behoove you to delay taking it because the the monthly benefit does go up. And, you know, if you calculate that out as a return, it's not a bad return, but a lot of it depends on long longevity in your family, other income sources, you know, just a lot of variables, like you said. And, yeah. Um, it's worth, again, spending time there as well. All of these is worth spending time on, but uh, these first three, especially. 
Well, and number four is the great multiplier to everything else. So that's that's on the list as well, and that's longevity. Because unfortunately, it is what it is. I mean, look at inflation right now, right? We've we've been dealing with for the last half year or more. And the longer you live, the more everything gets compounded. And I realize we don't know exactly how long we're going to live. So that's why you've got to stress test your strategy and your plan to go, okay, well, what if I'm 75? What if I'm 85? Right? So on and so forth. Yeah. And fortunately now, most planning software has has the modeling in it that can do a lot of these calculations extremely quickly to you know do worst case based on where you're at now and how much you're taking out to give you, you know, percentages of, well, if I do it this way, I've got an 80, 80% or 90% chance of never living outliving my money. And, you know, to you, that might make a lot of sense. Well, that, that covers a lot of scenarios, but if you run some scenarios and it only says 60 or 70% chance of never running out of money, well, now it's, you know, it's a little more, well, I may need to adjust some things. Uh, but longevity, is an important factor. I know with my own father, you know, who's now 81, you know, he's concerned about it. he's got plenty of money, but I always have to reassure him that, you know, his sustainable withdrawal rate, which he's taking, he's he's never going to run out of money. And uh, I mean, he could live to be 100 and he'll be totally fine. But a lot of people aren't thinking about this again in the plan. And you sure, certainly hate to run out of money and only depend on Social Security for the last part of your life, at least in my opinion. Right. Ideally, that's not the situation we want to end up with. So mm-hmm. you, you need to strategize so that you can, you're knowing how to handle that. And longevity, I mean, if we all came with an expiration date, it'd be super easy, but we don't. Yeah, it would so, be super easy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, number five, market volatility. Uh, look, are you prepared for it? Many people found out last year or got reminded, whoops, <laughs> this happens. It goes both ways. It does go both ways. And I was just on a call today with a uh, wealth client. She's 76 and uh, she's, you know, she's invested pretty conservatively with, with, you know, dividend paying things, but the sun was on there, you know, was telling me, well, maybe maybe we should look at something a little more growth oriented because the market is, you know, down. And I said that, you know, your mom's 76, you know, she needs this money for retirement. The, The volatility you know, she may not be prepared for that, you know, and of course she's immediately spoke up, you know, I don't know, I don't want to do any of that, you know, and, uh, but I think that people tend to, especially of course, you know, the sons and, and younger people, well, let, let's go ahead and invest a little bit more aggressively, but we're talking more retiree end here, which, you know, you do have to pay attention to that because even dividend paying stocks took a hit last year. Right. Right. And, and of course bonds didn't do well. No. So, I mean, volatility and as a retiree, you can't just throw volatility to the wind, right, Tony? I mean, you can't go, yeah. well, now that I'm 70, I never want to experience volatility again. Unfortunately, that's just not realistic either. I don't think that's realistic in today's market because uh, the next one I know we're talking about here is inflation because that creeps into this because right. if if inflation, and of course, it's high now, we might as well just get into it, is you know, inflation eats away at your purchasing power. And you never really think about it as a younger person, but as you get older, you start seeing about, man, I remember the day when this cost only this, and you can see it. Right. And uh, if well, you're you know, sitting there, we we love ahead. we all love to do that little, you know, oh god, I remember when a Snickers bar was this or whatever as we age, but at the same time, regular inflation, we also typically kind of ignore it even as we do we age. Do. This yeah. this crazy inflation we've had for the last six, nine months has certainly reminded everybody as well. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this isn't and, you know, cool. It, no, if you don't have enough to you know outpace inflation, 
on your earnings. That is right. Right. You know, you're you're te- you're going backwards, and uh, you know, over the course of 20, 25 years. And I always tell tax clients, you know, when they complain about taxes, they, and and we're in a historically low tax rate, but nothing generally goes down at least that I see. So, you know, if you're going to be in, around in retirement for 20, 25 years, you got to think that things are going to cost more, especially health insurance and stuff, stuff like that. Right. So, I think I think inflation needs to be a big part of the plan. It's got to be, and it's going to continue to be there as well, even in normal normal numbers, right? So yeah. you've got to have you've got to have some exposure to the market or some sort of a growth vehicle. It is, if it's not the market, it's got to be something that maybe yeah. is linked to the market, tied to the market, whatever the case is. You've got to have some the some growth in your accounts, and you've got to have some safety, some liquidity. You know, all these different pieces we need that make up the retirement puzzle. Um, number seven is tax increases. So Tony, you know, as a as a tax professional, you've been you, that's a big part of what you do as well. It doesn't matter what rules they put in place. Yes, they, that affects everything, but you're still going to have to deal with taxes, right? And there's a good shot that we're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go up. I mean, even if they do nothing else, they are going to go up. In 26, they return back to the old uh, prior administration. So prior administration, yeah. And I've been preaching for a good 25 years that we're in a historically low tax rate compared to, so take advantage while you can. Yeah. And of course I've been wrong, you know, cause I keep saying, you know, they got to go up, they got to go up and and I have been wrong, but what they do, the politicians are crafty. They (laughs) engineer, uh, and that's probably not the right thing to say, but it, they engineer tax increases. So the, the public doesn't figure them out because it's, you know, it's kind of suicidal to come out and say, well, I'm just raising taxes. They'll cut this, you know, itemized deduction or put limits on this. And in effect, that's a tax hike that right, affects right. certain people. It's just people don't really realize it because it's buried in their tax return and, you know, uh, they kind of out of sight, out of mind. But tax increases, I mean, you know, we see it every day. On, I mean, they can hardly fund the government, um, you know, not even getting into where they spend it all. But it's, you know, it's going to be something that's always there. And, you know, they tend to creep up over time, uh, whether it's the federal level or the state level. And so I think that's got to be part of the plan, too. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, they're going to in 26, they're going back up to the Obama era yeah. administration tax code if they do nothing else. If they do uh, nothing. And I agree with you. Sometimes we, you say, you know, well, they got to go up when they do something. But I think we can all pretty much agree that in some form or fashion, which is why the Secure Act passing, Secure Act yeah. 2.0 that just passed at the very, very end of 22, um, there's some things in there that's it. it there's a lot of helpfulness, I think, for uh, getting prepared for retirement, which is great. But I think the the message in that, Tony, and we, we'll probably do a podcast here probably very soon in the next couple of weeks um, on the Secure Act 2.0 and some of the changes. But I think the message in that was was resoundingly, here's some more tools to get prepared for retirement. You better do it. You know what I mean? Because exactly. like we're, you know, we're telling you ahead of time, this is going to get tougher start strategizing and start doing some things. Here's some more tools to help you save for your own retirement because we're not going to be around be able to help as much or something, right? I mean, it just seems like the focus is there to tell the American people, start taking this on your, your responsibility for yourself because that's where it's going. That's right on. because yeah. And that, that was my take from it too because, you know, we all know that I think in the year 2035 that the Social Security Fund, it's not going to be totally broke but uh, they're going to be paying out well more than they're taking in. They're going to have to try to fix it. I think this is Congress's message saying, guys, yeah, you're America, you need to you need to start saving more. We're going to help you by by trying to 
change some limits and whatnot. As because, we creep up to that number, yeah, yeah, to that 2034, 2535, yep. Yep. Um, so I, I agree with that totally. That, that, that's and some of the message. some of the stuff in the Secure Act 2.0, Tony, I think also could pave the way for changes to Social Security. They it very well could. You know, yeah. they they've they've got to have somebody has to be the um, I don't know the bearer of the bad news that or or, or that stands up and says, okay, you know, here's what we're going to do, and they're going it, to it's political suicide. They're going to kick that can as much as they oh, can, yeah. absolutely, yeah. But at some point, they will have to make some changes to Social Security. So uh, this could just be another stage of that. And, and we'll, again, we'll do an episode coming up uh, pretty soon on on some of the breakdowns and some of the different things and how they might affect you. But for now. Let's keep going. So number seven was, again, tax increases, future tax increases. Uh, you got to be able to retire in whatever economy, whether taxes are high or low or the market's high or low. So that's what a strategy is there to help you do. You also need to address health care costs on this 10-point checklist. This is number eight. Again, it's crazy expensive as well, but you got to do something. You can't. The longer you put it off, the more expensive it gets. You do. And this is it's eight in the list, but, you know, it's, it's as important as any of them because this True. is the one that goes up probably the most in your retirement uh, days is this. And I don't see any end in sight for the, for these things going down. And so you definitely is going to be part of, you know, how much you need every month. This is going to be a big part of it. And I don't think this should be ignored and you certainly can't afford to go without. So got to have something and Medicare provides uh, a lot, but you are paying for it out of social security. Uh, You know, they would withdraw that benefit or that premium, I should say, right, under your right. Social Security. But, uh, you know, there's gaps, and you're going to need other things. That That's not a catch-all. Yeah. No, that's true. You know, and you've got to look at different ways to fund it, um, you look at different concepts, you know, not just – any one particular thing, there's multiple ways to kind of deal with it, but you've got to deal with it. That's the the, the biggest thing is like you can't just keep avoiding it. So, yeah. uh, number nine, legacy plan. Do, uh, have you got it nailed down? Do you have one? Do you want one? Uh, if you don't, the state will probably do it for you, and that may not be the the best I one mean, for I mean, your yeah. heirs. And, and I get that some people want to leave virtually nothing, and that's fine. Some people want to leave a ton, and some want to leave you know what something in the middle. But either way. Address it. Get it. Get a plan. But it's pretty easy to do. It is easy to do. It just takes some time and a little bit of advice uh, from well, the planner, possibly an attorney, just to make sure that e- even if you are willing or want to, you know, spend down everything or close to, you've got a plan to at least. Hopefully, if you've got relatives, you know, to handle things uh, when you're gone and make it a little easier for them. Yeah. But if you are planning to leave some things, you know, depending on the size of your estate and whatnot, you want to make sure that that is nailed down. You don't want the state deciding that for you. And it could be as simple as just, I've got a good will and, and, you know, I've went over it and I keep it updated and to more elaborate things like, you know, I want to trust for my, for my son until a certain age or whatever the case may be. But mm-hmm. I think, I think this should not be overlooked. Yeah, uh, for sure. It should definitely be discussed with your planner. I agree. Number 10, we have multiple things we could go with. So I think I'm going to mm-hmm. go in the direction of this one uh, with this podcast, Tony. It's it's what do you want to do with your time in retirement? You know, everything yeah. else we did was about the X's and the O's. Number 10 on this retirement checklist for the new year could be if retirement's coming up within the next year or so, have you sat down and really thought about how you want to spend it? Right. So it's 
if nothing else, it's a, it's many people like you can attest to this because obviously you do this for day in and day out. So a lot of folks really struggle with, wow, I just like I don't know what to do with myself. I, yes. I I can't go, I can't party every day. You know, whether that retirement party is you know travel or taking the kids, the grandkids, you know, someplace fun or whatever the case is. You can't do it every day. You can't golf every single summer. Yeah, you might for thing. the first year or two, but you know, yeah. I, I agree, and I, I when we sit people down and just say, all right, let's just spend fifteen minutes deciding, you know, what what's going to fill up your day each day and every day. And I tell them about, you know, I, I use myself as an example. I said, you know, if I because I like to golf, I said, even if I golf every day, okay, that's done by ten, eleven o'clock. You know, right. take yourself through a day. Now what? Okay, I go, I go, maybe do a little exercising. I'm done by one. Now what? Right. And you know, all the way through, and then you know, you're not going to do all that every day. And so no, exactly not. I do think it, it makes some sense to try to figure out maybe what kind of purpose you might want to have, whether maybe it's getting a little part-time job, maybe it's volunteering, spending time with family. I, I do think you need to kind of come up with a plan. And that, that's something totally unrelated to, to money for the most part. But, right. you know, it's something to think about that you want to have some structure and some purpose still in life. And, and it adds some fun back into this checklist because yeah. some people may look at the checklist and go, oh, I don't want to figure out taxes. I don't I know, want, you know, and so, right. And, and so it's like, but this is the point of it. This is the reason the other nine exist is to help yes. you enjoy number 10. That's right. Cause by the, you know, by the end, the, this is the whole reason for all of this work. Yeah. It is to find something fun to do that maybe you've put off or just, you know, spend the last days of your life doing. I mean, to me, that's what this whole planning is for uh, yep. because otherwise, you know, you wouldn't really need any of this. Yeah, exactly. You can pay your bills. Exactly. So that's our 10, uh, 10 point checklist there. Anything on there that you need some help with or strike your fancy or hits a chord, whatever the case might be, definitely reach out and talk with your financial professional. If you don't have one, of course, Tony is here to help you. You may already be working with him or you may not be. But either way, you can reach out to him for a conversation at yourplanningpros.com. That is yourplanningpros.com. Tony is a CPA, a CFP, and an EA with 27 years of experience in the industry, so a great resource for you to tap into. They are Des Moines' professional alternative at Tax Doctor Inc. And again, you can find them online at yourplanningpros.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, all that good stuff. And thanks for hanging out with us here on Plan with the Tax Man. Tony, have yourself a great week. I'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. We appreciate your time as always on the podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever platform you like to use. And we'll catch you next time here on Plan with the Tax Man. Securities offered through Avantax Investment Services, SM. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Avantax Advisory Services. Insurance services offered through an Avantax-affiliated insurance agency.